The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. Today, we're talking with Tony Tringolo, the executive director of Willamette Week's Give Guide. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm joined uh, with the executive director relatively new executive director, Tony Tringolo, uh, for the Give Guide. How are you doing? I'm doing well, considering the world's been on fire and contagious, you know? <laughs> you know, and maybe that's a good way to, good place to start, actually. Um, the Give Guide has been such a wonderful addition to the city um, in, in that it really emphasizes and has built generosity in the city and 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 also highlights the uh, nonprofits. I'll admit that uh, my go-to for finding guests is I go to the give guide and I, I comb through and find who we haven't spoken to yet. <laughs> well, it's not a bad cheat sheet. Um, it's a, an incredible collection of nonprofits in the community doing a wide range of activities, um, taking care of various needs. I mean, it's as it's as wide ranging as direct services to planting trees. So yeah, it really care of things. Tony, why don't you, um, for, for anyone, in case anyone does not know, and <laughs> I've seen a lot of California license plates in the area recently, and I feel like we might have a new, we might have a new uh, group coming in here. So maybe there are people who actually don't know what the Give Guide is. Tell us what okay. it is. Sure. Um, for those who are not yet familiar with Give Guide, this is Willamette Week, the weekly newspaper in town. This is Willamette Week's annual effort to raise funds and draw attention to the good works of local nonprofits. So uh, the campaign is supported by a ton of local businesses. It gives healthy incentives to donors and it emphasizes giving by Portlanders under the age of 36. Of course, all are welcome. Um, the minimum donation is just $10, so it's the easiest entry point to philanthropy and in the area. And last year's campaign raised approximately $4.8 million and we had over 10,000 donors. And on average, each donor is given to about four different nonprofits. So it's a great way to, you know, find a nonprofit that speaks to your cause and your passion, and then to give what you can as you can to those nonprofits and let them make the change you want to see in your community. Yeah, it's truly a, a, a cultural phenomena here in Portland in that, I mean, millions of dollars every year are essentially being generated or being inspired to, to, to give. I mean, and, and that's not the entire scope of giving in, in town, but it's, it's a new, a lot, a lot of the emphasis is on developing new donors. Is that correct? Yes. And I've heard time and time again from our nonprofits that the Give Guide is one of their best ways to acquire new donors because they get stumbled across by, by donors who didn't know they even existed. But once they saw them and saw the work that they're doing, 
it was exactly what their passion was, their, that donor's passion. And they made that match. It's like, you know, a little matchmaking service. But what happens is, um, let's say I have $100 to give and I'm headed over to the Oregon Food Bank, but along the way I stumble across, you know, oh goodness, anything, Albertina Kerr or Milagro, and I see them, I go, oh, well, I'm gonna drop $20 here and $20 there along the way. And there's a beautiful cross-pollination across the nonprofits. And, and it's, and it's um, to be clear, like the, it's, it's a enormous mechanism in that you have uh, 100 plus nonprofits and it, they're not being passive. It's not simply they sit there on your web page or in the, the paper guide, but you ask them to go out and do some work. Is that correct? It is a full-blown campaign, absolutely, yes. Um, <laughs> and it's something that we do as a partnership. So it's not just give guide and then the nonprofits. The way we approach things is we are a team, we're working together to make the change in the community. So the, every nonprofit has their own marketing campaign and they're reaching out to their donors. Give guide is reaching out to the community at large. And together we have this groundswell, this grassroots citywide campaign that is making change at a massive level. We can't do it alone, you know? And this, this may be a, a bit unfair question to talk about the history of GiveGuide um, because you, you've been there, like I said, a little bit more than a year, but it started out as folded into the newspaper. Is that correct? Correct. And just a quick clarification, I started on July 1 this year. So I've only been here a few months. So I'll give, I'll give some of the history that I understand because I have run give guide campaigns for the nonprofit side too. It started in 2004 and Richard Meeker, who was the publisher of Willamette Week, wanted to contribute to the community that has done so much for the Willamette Week because they've been covering and doing investigative journalism in the city for decades now, right? So they wanted to make some real fundamental good happen in the city and they didn't want to do it through sob stories they wanted to show the positive amazing things that were happening and so it started small i think there were only maybe 24 25 nonprofits that first year in 2004 and they only made a couple 10 30 40 thousand dollars you know small change compared to what's happening now but every year it grew and the application process became really competitive over the years because it made such a difference for the nonprofits that did get to be a part of it. Right, and so, I mean, 152 nonprofits were in last year, I believe. I don't, what's, what's, what are the numbers for this year? Oh man, so this year it's the biggest ever in history. We invited everybody back from 2019, um, simply because 2020 is so unpredictable as it stands. So we wanted to provide some sort of stability for those nonprofits so that they could breathe this year. So we've invited everybody back. Um, all but two are returning by their choice. And we've also added 24 new nonprofits. These 24 represent um, groups that are doing work to help with the COVID-19 impact in the community. And they're also working on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the city too. So um, really representative of what's happening in Portland right now with um, the civil rights movement, the protests, Black Lives Matter, as well as the health and pandemic concerns. 
um, Oregon Cultural Trust is a part of things. And as recent as this week, we're now looking for a wildfire relief fund that we can add into the mix to help with that effort too. So 170-ish nonprofits, which, mm -hmm. which, which is, it sounds like a lot and it is a lot. Um, I mean, it's amazing to, to, to recognize that's only a portion of the nonprofits in Portland. It is a small portion. We're, there are so many people doing so much good work. It is impossible to wrap my arms around all of it. We had 100 applicants for those, those new nonprofit selection area. Um, and we were only able to bring in 24. Can you talk a little bit about that decision-making process? Uh, uh, demystify it for, for a nonprofit. Uh, what happens and what are some of the discussions that happen with those nonprofits? Because that's tough. I mean, these are organizations where everybody, you know, deserves, you know, credit for the most part. Absolutely. And it's one of those circumstances where everybody's being impacted by the pandemic, right? We're all operating in the same the same environment with the same factors. Some of us are just a little bit more in the trenches than others. So what we did is we invited statements of interest from any nonprofit that identified as doing impactful work in COVID-19 or with DEI, the diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Mm -hmm. And then we read all the statements multiple, multiple times and we contacted the nonprofits and we had conversations with them if we needed clarification or additional information. And then we narrowed it down over several rounds. Um, there were some nonprofits that are very active in this work and they're just so active with their nose on the grindstone that they didn't have a chance to apply. And we reached out to them and had conversations with them as well and just narrowed it down as best we could to what we thought were the most qualified and impactful nonprofits in, um, in those areas. And it, it's, it's interesting. So um, this has become a full-time job, this being running the give guide uh, mm -hmm. at some point broke off maybe 10 or so years ago and became a full-time job. Um, what is the relationship with Willamette Week then? Because it is still, I mean, it is almost its own separate company at this point. I would say, and I'm still learning uh, how, all of the nuts and bolts work behind the scenes too. But I would say that GiveGuide is very much a part of Willamette Week. Um, it is operated by different staff, but we share resources. Willamette Week is very involved. We are actually gonna do a special issue, a takeover issue of the Willamette Week this year, the day after the election. So working with editorial team and um, the design department to make sure all that's happening. And they're very supportive and very encouraging of what the give guide is doing. Wow, that, that is, um, considering that we may not know results, <laughs> that's it's gonna be tricky to figure out, I mean, what, what tone to take at that point, isn't it? Oh man, the election this year, it is such a factor for the campaign. I'm actually wearing my vote shirt right now. I know you can see it, but um, it's a thing that we're all having to deal with. We're using 2016 as a bit of a, a preview to help forecast what the activity will be, but we don't think that it's going to be as smooth or as calm as 2016 because the election is November 3rd, but the Give Guide campaign opens on November 1st. So we're going to come, you know, into this wall of noise and what's going to be a disruption no matter 
how the election goes down, no matter who wins, whether it's a person you want to or not, there's going to be a disruption and there's going to be some reactive giving we anticipate similar to 2016, where either people see their values represented at the federal level and they feel free to give comfortably in their community, or they don't see their values at the federal level and they feel like they need to have those represented and kept um, safe in the community. And so they give that way. So we're anticipating some of that, but to have the, the special issue of the Willamette Week the day after the election when the readership is gonna be extremely high is a beautiful position to put these nonprofits in because that puts them right in view of doing all these amazing good things when the rest of the world might be a little uncertain. They're here, they're doing the great work that makes our community so amazing. And so we're thrilled to be able to put them in that position. This is a complicated question I'm going to ask, and if you could answer it, you'd probably be, I don't know, run, running Wall Street. But um, <laughs> do you predict this will be a big year for giving? You just talked about the motivations, which um, you put really well in terms of people's relationships with the federal and local level. I mean, there's so many factors, right? I mean, there's a lot of people who individually right now are economically vulnerable um how but at the same time are really compelled to protect or to strengthen their community where do you put the bottom line in terms of uh um, generosity at the end of the day that is a tricky question and i don't have a crystal ball nobody does i've had one-on-one -on -one conversations with over 160 of our nonprofits at this point and nobody has a crystal ball as to what that final figure is going to be for us. Give Guide is raising our goal. We are aiming for $5 million this year because it is needed. So that's what we're gonna work really hard to achieve. The reality on the ground is that spring appeals and emergency fund appeals for our nonprofits were really strong in their response. And that's because individuals see the need and they're stepping up and they're meeting it. That said, those happened early in the spring when more people were employed, we were getting stimulus checks, and uh, we all thought this was just a little short 12-week stay-at-home shebang. Well, now we're in this long haul, this marathon session of dealing with the pandemic, and the year just keeps getting better. So we have all these other things that are happening, and it's more challenging when we have 33, 36 million people unemployed, and our ability to give is wildly impacted by that. So. All that said, we think the capacity is going to be hit. So let's say I did have $100 I could have given in the spring. Well, now maybe I can only give 50, but that doesn't mean I'm not giving and I don't care and that I'm not um, supporting or caring for what's important to me and what's important to my community. So we think that's definitely a factor for the majority of our donors because Give Guide is an individual you know, primarily an individual giving campaign. And it's lower level giving for the most part. One, two percent of the donors last year were considered major donors. So the major donors in our town, they're really well insulated from all these fluctuations in the market and the changes and the things, their ability to give, that hasn't changed at all. So 
if there are people that have the ability to step up in a major way, this is the year to do it. There's never been a more important year to give than 2020. Our nonprofits have been, you know, they have been experiencing disruption and change at an unprecedented rate. And they are pivoting so hard and so fast to be responsive to all the changes and the demand for their services has skyrocketed. So if we can step up to the best of our ability, whether that's $10 or $100 or a thousand, you know, we're just encouraging people to give what they can give. And I know that's a long answer to say, people are still compelled to support their passion, but the level of support that they can give in 2020 is really hard hit. That's just the reality. That was well said, well said. Tony Tringolo is the executive director for Willamette Week's Give Guide. You wanna give us a, a song to queue up? Let's take a quick music break and then we're gonna come back and finish up our conversation. Uh, let's go with Harry Styles, Treat People With Kindness. Sounds good.
That was Harry Styles. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm joined today by to with Tony Tringolo, who is the Executive Director for Willamette Week's Give Guide. You've been talking about giving a really elegant uh, analysis of uh, what may happen and what is happening in terms of nonprofits' needs and the, the, the capacity for people to give. Um, I'm going to shift a little bit. I want to talk about Skidmore Awards. Yeah, the Skidmore Prizes, they're not happening this year, very sadly. We are doing a one-year pause on them so that we can focus on fundraising as much as we can for more nonprofits than ever this year. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, let's, I, I want to talk a little bit about, so you, you started this job in July. You started, um, yeah. so the job didn't necessarily shift on you. You, you you stepped into uh, um, the shifting sands of the job, as it were. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, there, was, there was a pause between March and July when GiveGuide was kind of just holding on to see what's happening in the world. And then I came on and it's been going nonstop ever since. I mean, it seems like an incredibly exciting job for uh, a, a, a person with a certain amount of capacity for punishment, stress. <laughs> Uh, and reward. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Tony, what were you doing before this job? Before this, I was working um, in the development department at Albertina Kerr. I was there for just about three years, and then I was uh, at Lakewood Center for the Arts for nine plus years. So, nonprofits, development, fundraising, local—it's my bag. I love it. And so, so it's, I mean, it's, it, this is a little bit of a shift of a few degrees, at least of perspective, uh, mm -hmm. in that you were doing fundraising development work, which is obviously, you know, which is asking for money, but now you're, you're asking for money or you're encouraging for money, but also the scope of the work you're doing has, has increased immensely, I would assume. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. Um, so I went from being hyper-focused on a small area with one particular nonprofit to stepping up and having a larger view and a huge portfolio of nonprofits to work with. And for me, you know, the position was absolutely irresistible because, uh, and this, this is going to be a little personal detour, but two years ago I was in a freak car accident that um my my entire family was and we shouldn't have walked away from it and we did and so i have been living my life um very differently ever since that and this put everything into focus for me i treat my career um as my legacy in philanthropy that is that is how i am approaching every day i don't have the deep pockets to give in the way that i would like to so i do it through my work and through my love and passion um, thankfully, I am a data-driven junkie, and I love doing organization and administrative work, too, so it, it's a good combo. But the ability to work with this community in this way and to have an impact of making all these positive changes, that just makes my heart sing. So I think it's a really good fit, personally. Well, it's, it sounds like Willamette Week is fortunate to have you. Um, hey, is there, so in starting this job, and I don't want you, you know, this is not like picking your favorite child, but has there been, 
a nonprofit that you maybe didn't know about or didn't know much about that you've learned about through the Give Guide and has just really uh, inspired you? Oh boy, that is like picking my favorite child. That's a toughie. Um, let me think for a second. Can I look at my list real quick? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have 170 that you're working with and, and you know, and it, again, it's, it's such an amazing uh, catalog, uh, for, for lack of a better word, of, of all the good work that's going on. The Willamette Week's Give Guide will be out on November 1st, uh, you know, and you're split into categories, equity, health, politics. Uh, and again, this is such a uh, wonderful representation of, of all the good work that's going on in Portland uh, and done such a positive way. So if, if our listeners don't know about the Give Guide, which I'd be shocked about, um, I certainly encourage people to go out there. And, and it is unfair of me to ask you to choose one, um, but I'm, one, that, one again that maybe you didn't know about and has surprised you. I find that I, that happens all the time with this radio show. Absolutely. Um, I was honestly pretty surprised when I had my conversation with um, Quibble Unido. PDX and they work. Sorry, I have a new kitten in the house and she's attacking my feet. Um, <laughs> you need a, my conversation with them was really eye opening about the work that they do to help people that have been um, detained and with immigration rights. And I'm first generation American and hearing the work that they are doing to protect people's rights um, in that experience has been really eye-opening and I'm sorry I'm not uh, articulating it perfectly but it's just impressive the the work and the odds that they're going against to make sure that people are taken care of while they're taken away to facilities is incredible. Well I, and I think you know talking about that group it's it's easy to uh, forget all the tough things that have been going on in the world and the detentions that are happening really before COVID, and COVID has eclipsed uh, a, a lot of attention. Uh, equity has rightfully stepped into uh, the spotlight. Um, there, there's, there's so many organizations that are doing work out there to, to counterbalance. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot, and, and it's going to be, I'm, I'm really excited to see this year's Give Guide. Um, Tony, congratulations on having the job. And, and again, it's, it's wonderful to have you in that position. And thanks for talking to us today. Thank you. It's absolutely my honor. I'm so thrilled to see these nonprofits getting the attention that they deserve. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.